We thank God for the service and for the speaker. The pastor has selected our youth pastor to speak on to us tonight. We love him. He loves us. He loves the Lord. He loves the work of the ministry. You can tell he's just enthusiastic about everything he does. So without further ado, we're going to give you into the hands of our own youth pastor, Elder Dominic Bomante. Can we say amen as he comes? Now let's give the Lord a hand praise. That was okay. I said, let's give the Lord a hand praise. Hallelujah. God has been good to me. Hallelujah. I give honor to God. I thank God for being in the house of the Lord uh, another time. I thank God for being saved and sanctified and filled with the precious gift of the Holy Ghost. Um, I certainly give deference and respect uh, to our pastor, Superintendent Tolliver. Amen. All right. <laughs> and certainly to our First Lady, uh, for whom I love, and to all of uh, the, the elders uh, and ministers and deacons and missionaries and youth and mothers and saints, all of y'all. I thank God for you all. We're going to uh, the word of the Lord, but I want to begin with just a word of prayer. Father God, this uh, evening, I am asking you to speak through me. I'm asking you, Father, to let your word go forth with clarity and power. I'm praying tonight, Father God, that your word would not fall on bad ground, Father God, but that it would convict the hearts of those who listen, that they would be encouraged, that they would be edified. And most of all, Father God, my prayer is that you, Father God, would be glorified. And I just thank you, and I love you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. We're going to uh, Micah, uh, the fifth chapter. Micah, the fifth chapter. In just one verse, we're going to read uh, tonight. Um, I would not, I ask you to stand, just out of respect for the word. Uh, Micah, the fifth chapter, uh, and the second verse. And it reads this But thou, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though Thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me that is to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth hath been from of old, from everlasting. I'm going to read that just one more time. But thou, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though thou be little among the thousands, everybody say little, of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me that is to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been from of old, from everlasting. You may be seated going to um, use for my subject, wild places, wild places. I want to uh, ask you um, a question, because I want to make sure that uh, I'm not alone uh, tonight. Um, have you ever been in uh, a place in your life that you'd identify as a gray area. See some people shaking their heads. Have you ever been 
uh, in a difficult place uh, in your life where you were not able to uh, really understand why you were there. Yeah, some of you. Okay, so I'm in, a, I'm in good company. Uh, I was thinking about what that might look like. Maybe it is landing what you thought was your dream job. And then after you take the job, the people that work there start acting crazy. You ever been there before? Maybe it is uh, the, 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 when you work hard and it seems like uh, there is no upward mobility, but it's hard to find a way out, just kind of like gray area, like no upward mobility, but it seems like uh, difficult to get out of. Maybe that gray space for you is financial. You had a bad investment or uh, maybe you had to file for bankruptcy, or maybe you just, uh, you know, lost your house after many years of ownership. The, 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 the gray space can sometimes be financial, amen? Could be um, disappointing relationships. Uh, perhaps um, Elder uh, talked about uh, the difficulties of having siblings. Sometimes uh, relationships with siblings and other family members can be very difficult, and you um, often don't know what to do, and I concur uh, with the elder that Satan is certainly uh, busy in this time of year. Maybe it is uh, a, a, a season uh, we prayed uh, this afternoon on the noonday prayer about marriages. Maybe your marriage has experienced a gray uh, season where it seems like there is a lack of interest and a lack of loyalty and no excitement and you're contemplating uh, what to do. There can be so many um, uh, uh, things that happen in our life that can put us essentially uh, at a standstill, where we're uh, unsure about what to do next. Not necessarily bad, but perhaps not necessarily a good thing. We can find ourselves in places that uh, it's hard to articulate how we got there. Maybe um, you identify with what it feels like for people to ask you how you're doing, and you're not sure whether to say good or bad. I'm just here. <laughs> you know, I'm just surviving. I'm just um, trying to figure it out. I'm playing it day by day. Maybe you're probably like me. I'd usually just say praise the Lord or God is good or something to just move on because I know that if I really start talking about how I'm doing, you might not have the time to listen. You could be uh, in some difficult spaces. Uh, our text today is uh, uh, an interesting one because we often, particularly around uh, this season, we talk a lot uh, about Bethlehem. We talk about it being, you know, Jesus, 
in the manger, and Mary and Joseph were there, and they were, you know, just happy new parents. And, you know, we say that there were three wise men. I don't know where we got the three from, but the, we, we know they brought three gifts. So we, we often uh, rehearse in our minds this story. We're used to it. We're comfortable. But as I was reading this scripture in Micah, I had to ask myself, why did God choose Bethlehem? What's the significance of Bethlehem? The, the, the scripture uh, that we are uh, thinking about uh, this evening says that Judah, or Bethlehem, Ephrata, is little among them. But I did uh, a little bit of research about Bethlehem, because I wanted to know uh, specifically what Bethlehem was all about. We talk about it. What is it about? Why uh, did the prophet Micah say that uh, Bethlehem was uh, small among the places in Judah? The, I learned uh, in my study that Bethlehem had a reputation of insignificance. And in my study, I learned that Bethlehem, uh, when recounted by historians and prophets, was often not counted as a possession of Judah. Give me some examples. I learned that uh, when Joshua talks about the inheritance of Judah, in Joshua 15 and 21, he names all the cities in Judah, but does not mention Bethlehem. Interestingly enough, I was reading in Nehemiah, and Nehemiah begins to review the villages and the spaces where uh, uh, the people of Judah uh, populated themselves, and again, he does not mention Bethlehem. Find it to be interesting. So, uh, of course, quite naturally, I became a little bit curious about Bethlehem. How does Bethlehem come to our knowledge? And I read in 2 Chronicles, the 11th chapter, that Rehoboam dwelt in Jerusalem and built cities for the defense of Judah. And included in the cities that he would build in the defense of Judah was the city of Bethlehem. Now, let me just tell you that if you can imagine uh, the, the, the idea that Jeroboam has is that um, they would build small cities around Jerusalem, and what they would do in these cities is they would stock uh, these cities with uh, victuals and stores and spears and shields and, and make them places where soldiers could camp so that when enemies would come against Jerusalem, there would be these small cities on the outside of them stocked with men of war ready to fight. So the very intention of uh, this place, uh, Bethlehem, from its inception was not really meant to be a place where people live. It was not meant to be um, a place where uh, people regarded as, as, as somewhere to visit. Uh, it was not meant to be um, a place where uh, people would, on their way to Jerusalem would stop by. It was just this little insignificant city. Are you following me tonight? I'm going somewhere soon enough, and I'm almost done. So why does God 
choose Bethlehem. If it's so insignificant and nobody was stopped there and it's kind of an accidental city that was erected for the purposes of war and, and, and not really um, for the function of living and enjoying and thriving, why would God choose Bethlehem? I want you to put just a pin there and I want to tell you about a little uh, experience that I had last week. You'll have to follow me and I'm almost done. I went to uh, Seattle for Thanksgiving and um, had a good time there, had the privilege and honor of officiating one of my best friend's wedding there. I had a good time, had the opportunity also to uh, have dinner with my brothers uh, on Thanksgiving, just had a wonderful time. Came back on Sunday night and um, when I got back, um, the, I got the shuttle uh, to uh, the place uh, where my car was parked. And I got off the shuttle and got my luggage situated and, and looked around and didn't see my car. So this is my first time parking in this parking lot, so I thought to myself, well, maybe I parked on the other side of this parking lot and just didn't realize it. So I take my luggage and I walk through this big parking lot at the airport looking for my car. I'm just looking for my car. And I, I look, I'm getting to this corner, and I'm like, no, I don't remember walking in any gravel, so this can't be the area where I left my car. So after a while, I see uh, security driving through the, the parking lot. And the woman must have seen me puzzled or maybe she was watching me walk through the parking lot. At this point, it had been about 45 minutes, me looking for my car. And at some point, I'm starting to think to myself, I know I'm not crazy. You know, like, I know I parked here. So I tell the woman I'm looking for my car and she says, oh, you know, you know she starts asking the, 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 some dumb questions, you know, like, do you remember where you parked it at? Well, if I remember where I parked it at, then I would not be <laughs> looking for it, amen? But you know, I'm saved and I was kind and I said, no, ma'am, I cannot figure out where I parked my car. And she said, here's what you do, I want you to go up to the little, uh, you know, shed there where people wait and I will call someone, they'll come to you um, they'll take your license plate, and they will show you, um, or they'll take you where they've seen you park your car. So I said, okay, that, that works perfectly. I walk to this little shed. Somebody comes to pick me up. He says, throw your luggage in the back. We'll just drive, you know, through every aisle. So we're driving through every aisle, no car. So I'm thinking to myself, like, okay, this is weird. So the guy who is driving me gets a phone call from somebody. And he says, yeah, yes, he says, yes, Mr. Beaumonte, yes, silver car, Acura. He's, you know, just reviewing this thing. He says, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so the guy must have said, well, tell him to call this number. So the guy, you know, he, he knows what's coming. So he looks back at me and he says, uh, I'm going to give you this number, you know, that I want you to call. So, I, you know, I'm thinking to myself, like, what does this have to do with where my car is? So I call, you know, I, I call the number, and the gentleman says, unfortunately, Mr. Beaumonte, your car uh, has been towed. Your car was towed because when you arrived here at the airport, you got in a debate um, with the parking meter person and told them that you had not moved. 
And I said, now that's not possible because when I got when I got here, I just jumped in the thing and went on to, and so he started telling me the time. I'm arguing with him, going back and forth. I'm like, that couldn't have been there because by that time, I was all the way in Seattle. So he said, well, sir, at the end of the day, you were parked in the cell phone lot and your car is gone and here's the number to the tow truck place. So I give him a little break and I call the tow truck place. I said, listen, now, you know, you all have my car. And they said, okay, well, uh, that's going to be, are y'all ready for this? Don't, 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 don't scream. They said, that's just going to be $510. And I said, Lord help. <laughs> what is going on here? And so I'm, 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 you know, I, I'm just telling y'all, like, I know y'all know I was depressed. I'm walking around this parking lot. I'm trying to figure out what to do. I forgot that I didn't have to stay at the airport. Like, something hit me, like, you should go home. So I called the, 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 the this is, just, I, mean, I, I mean, I was depressed, y'all. I was like, how did I get, what did I do wrong? I'm, I'm trying to recount, well, did I run into somebody? Like, did I have an argument with somebody? I'm trying to recount all this stuff. I'm just in, the, I mean, it just, it just I mean, I, even talking about it right now just stirs me up a little bit. And so I called the, the lift to come and get me. I'm in the car, sit in the car, and the woman who's driving, uh, she says, are you a pastor? And I said, oh, no, no, she, no. And I'm not in the mood. <laughs> like, oh, the, the tip of my tongue is I am not in the mood for this. <laughs> like, this is not going to be the way this goes. And I said, no, ma'am, right? You know, just giving very, like, one and two word answers because I don't feel like talking. And she said, well... My kids, she goes, I mean, she's telling me her whole life story. I, might, I think I might have said, no, ma'am. Like, uh, that, those might be the most words I said coupled together. She is just going on and on and on about her kids. So we get, we, we pull into the parking lot. Uh, she stops the car. She turns around her whole body and says, I told you about my kids but I didn't tell you that they don't live with me. And my youngest son, I'm trying to teach him to pray. And the problem is, my ex-husband is an atheist. Now y'all, I'm thinking to myself, okay, Lord, if you wanted me to just talk to this lady. You did not have to abduct my car from the parking lot. I mean, I could've, we could've just, we could've did this easy. You know, I like talking about you, but we don't need to go through all this. So I'm feeling it myself, like this is not about me. I'm supposed to be talking, so I start talking to the lady. I'm giving, I'm, I'm giving her books. I'm praying with her. We're just having, and, and I'm, 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 I'm talking to her, and I start feeling different. I start feeling like, a peace come over me. Now, this is a, this is, the cost of this piece is about $500. Let me just, I'm not, I have not forgot that. <laughs> like, I, I want to be clear of that. That is still a, rea it was a reality, right? But there was something that came over me that really was alarming because 
after about, at this point, it had been about an hour and a half. And I was, it was late, and, and, and she started talking, and then we prayed. And I was like, okay, well, that's what you wanted to happen. It started to make sense. Okay. Remember that. Put a pin in that. Okay, so remember I talked about uh, Bethlehem, right, being a crazy place that nobody wanted to go to, insignificant, right? Remember that. I talked about this experience that I had in a parking lot where my car was abducted for $500, right? Remember that. I, it, this, it, it's funny because I started, I'm going all the way back to where I was talking about before, because that's just how my mind works. I have to apologize. I said, let me go back and read Micah 5 and 2, because I still don't know why God chooses to do what he's going to do in Bethlehem. It, 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 it puzzles me. So I'm reading, and I start reading, okay, but thou, Bethlehem, Ephrata, Thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall come forth unto me, that is to be the ruler in Israel. What's unique about this scripture is that Micah, the prophet, chooses to distinguish Bethlehem. Well, in my study, I found out that there are two Bethlehems. There is Bethlehem in Zebulun, in Bethlehem in Judah. Now, it's important to distinguish between those two because we have already talked about the fact that Bethlehem is in Judah. So, I thought to myself, what might the meaning of Bethlehem be? What's God trying to show us? It, it, it occurred to me that that this might be very well Jesus' first sermon. Because of all the places that God could have chosen to have his son be born, he chooses an insignificant place. So surely the meaning of Bethlehem is insignificant place. How many of y'all are thinking I'm getting ready to say that? Some of y'all? So then you might find it alarming that the word Bethlehem means city of bread. Follow me. City of bread. So why Ephrata? What's the value of Ephrata? Why include that as why distinguish between the Bethlehem in Zebulun and the Bethlehem in Judah? Well, uh, you might find it uh, a little surprising, but the term Zephrata means fruitful or fertility. Follow me. So, God takes an insignificant place that nobody cares about, chooses for his son to be born there, and calls the place fruitful. You, you, hear, you hear what I'm saying? God chooses an insignificant place and calls the place fertile. And then all of a sudden, I was studying this, and I said, 
I think I had a Bethlehem experience in the back of that lady's car. I was not happy about the place that I was in. It, to me, it was a fruitless and insignificant place. I didn't want to be there. I wanted my car. It, it, what could come from this bad situation? What, 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 what's the value that God brings to this wild scenario that I'm in? And God said, the very place that seems like it doesn't matter, that it's a difficult place to be in, a great place, that's the place where I want to birth something. Huh? It, 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 it's painful, but I sent you there because I'm birthing something there. It, it seems insignificant, but I have decided that this is the place that I want to manifest my power and my strength in an insignificant place. Why does God choose the place where you work? You're not happy there. Why does God choose the community that you live in? You want to move to a new neighborhood. Why does God choose the, 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 the car that you drive? You want a prettier car. And God said it, it feels insignificant, but that's the place that's most fertile for me to do what I'm going to do in your life. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? It, 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 it didn't occur to me because I kept saying, Lord, this scripture don't say nothing. And, and, and God said, read it again. Because the, the, the thing is, um, Mother Mac Williams, sometimes we, we can be so um, dis, uh, upset with God, right? Like we're, we're, we're feeling like God put us in a situation that's not fruitful. We wish that we could be somewhere else. We wish that we could be with other people. We wish that the situation was better. We wish we had more money. We wish we lived in a different city. We wish, we wish, we wish. And God is saying, no, the place where you're at is fertile. God said, I do my best work in the places where people don't think matter. Do you hear what I'm saying? Do you hear what I'm saying? Listen, that doesn't answer the question necessarily because you said that the, the, the meaning of Zarephath was fertility or fruitful. Well, what does Bethlehem mean? It means the city of bread. Well, read in John, the sixth chapter. The disciples are having this conversation with Jesus. And they say, you know, we read in the books of the law and the history and it's been passed down from generation to generation. And they say that, 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 that manna fell from heaven. And God, we want to we wanna sign like that. <laughs> we, we want you to show us a miracle like you did in the old days. Like we want manna and bread to fall from heaven. We have these great expectations for what you're going to do. And, and, and Jesus started to talk to them. He said, you, 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 you don't understand. Like the, the sign that you're looking for is here. They're asking for bread. And you know what Jesus says? I want to read this. John 36 32 through 35, and Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not the bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. Then said they unto him, Lord, evermore, give us this bread. 
And Jesus says unto them, I am the bread of life. <laughs> he that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth in me shall never thirst. So God choose the city of bread for the bread of life. I mentioned earlier, and I'm closing, that the, the, this, this city was so transformational. And it was the place that the first seekers of Jesus would come. It's the place that um, what we call the three wise men, they were not, the, no scripture says three, but we we say three, but they're wise men nonetheless who brought three gifts. And if you remember the story, they came at the um, order of King Herod. And Herod had an alternative motive. His objective was to send them to find out where Jesus was. And he said, come back and tell me so that I can go and worship him too. Now, maybe they were naive, or maybe they didn't understand what was going on, but the Bible says that after they get there and they worship Jesus and they recognize him, that they don't go back to where Herod is. Because their contact with Jesus changes their entire context. Do you hear, do you hear what I'm saying? And, and, and I think that what God wants us to see is that transformational, miraculous things can happen in unexpected places. But, but, but the key is yielding to what God is doing. What if the, the, the wise men were like, well, no, there, there's no five-star hotel in Bethlehem. It's not Los Angeles or San Francisco or Atlanta or New York City. What if they had decided that they wouldn't go there? Their lives would have been the same. Their lives would not have been the same. But God uses this little insignificant city to birth a miracle. And God wants to use the places that we are to birth miracles. Put your hands together and praise the Lord. I want to say a word of prayer tonight. Father God in heaven, we thank you for your goodness and for your mercy. We thank you for the privilege to preach, and we thank you for the word that you have sent to encourage us. We thank you, Father God, for uh, the way that you speak to us and that you minister to our hearts. And we pray, Father God, tonight that if we are in a space, if we are in uh, a situation that seems uncomfortable for us, Father God, that we wouldn't flee um, out of discomfort, that we would wait on you, that we would trust you, that we would believe in you, that we would yield to you, and that we would know, Father God, that sometimes you plant Bethlehem experiences in our life to strengthen us, to prove yourself, Father God, to show yourself strong. And God, we thank you, we love you, and we honor you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on and praise the Lord. Everyone standing. We certainly thank God for our pastor and Elder Allen. Let's say amen for them tonight. We thank God for you. We want to remind you of all the weekly activities that we have going on at the church. We want to encourage you 
uh, to be with us on Sunday. It's Men's Day, uh, and Elder Smith has uh, a wonderful speaker, amen, um, that'll be joining us, and so we want to be here uh, on Sunday. We also want to remember that on second Saturday, this coming Saturday, there'll be the consecration service for the California Northwest Jurisdiction uh, in Stockton, California at 10 a.m. I want to pray for those uh, that are traveling, that God will keep them safe uh, and bring them back. Amen? And somebody's... And the homegoing service tomorrow, we want to remember uh, the Robinson family and pray with them. And come and show your support uh, if you are able to. It is at 11 a.m. Praise the Lord. Bowed heads. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to worship you, to come together. We thank you, Father God, for our pastor and leader and for all those that are here uh, in the sanctuary and for those that watch us online. We pray, God, that you would bless us, Father God, as we leave this place but not from your presence, and bring us back at the appointed time, saved and safe. And Father, we'll give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. In Jesus' name, everybody say amen. amen. May the Lord watch between me and thee while we're absent one from another. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed. Thank you.